Chapter Ten of The Absentee by Maria Edgeworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Towards the evening of the second day's journey, the driver of Lord Colambre's hackney chaise stopped and, jumping off the wooden bar on which he had been seated, exclaimed, "We've come to the bad step now. The bad road's beginning upon us. Please, your honour." bad road that is very uncommon in this country i never saw such fine roads as you have in ireland that's true and god bless your honour that's sensible of that same for it's not what all the foreign quality i drive have the manners to notice god bless your honour i heard you're a welshman but whether or no i am sure you are a gentleman anyway welsh or other notwithstanding the shabby greatcoat the shrewd postillion perceived by our hero's language that he was a gentleman after much dragging at the horses heads and pushing and lifting the carriage was got over what the postillion said was the worst part of the bad step but as the road was not yet to say good he continued walking beside the carriage it's only bad just hereabouts and that by accident said he on account of there being no gentleman resident in it nor near but only a bit of an under-agent a great little rogue who gets his own turn out of the roads and of everything else in life i larry brady that i'm tellin your honour have a good right to know for myself and my father and my brother pat brady the wheelwright had once a farm under him but was ruined horse and foot all along with him and cast out and my brother forced to fly the country and is now workin in some coachmaker's yard in london banished he is and here am i forced to be what i am and now that i'm reduced to drive a hack the agents a curse to me still with these bad roads killin my horses and wheels and a shame to the country which i think more of bad luck to him i know your brother he lives with mr mordecai in longacre in london oh god bless you for that they came at this time within view of a range of about four-and-twenty men and boys sitting astride on four-and-twenty heaps of broken stones on each side of the road they were all armed with hammers with which they began to pound with great diligence and noise as soon as they saw the carriage the chaise passed between these batteries the stones flying on all sides how are you jem how are you phil said larry but hold your hand can't you while i stop and get the stones out of the horse's feet so you're making up the rent are you for st dennis whoosh said one of the pounders coming close to the postillion and pointing his thumb back towards the chaise who have you in it oh you need not scruple he's a very honest man he's only a man from north wales one mr evans an innocent gentleman that's sent over to travel up and down the country to find is there any copper mines in it how do you know larry because i know very well from one that was told and i seen him tax the man of the king's head with the copper half-crown at first sight which was only led to look at you'd think to them that was not skilful in copper so lend me a knife till i cut a linchpin out of the hedge for this one won't go far whilst larry was making the linchpin all scruple being removed his question about st dennis and the rent was answered ay it's the rent sure enough we're poundin out for him for he sent the driver round last night was eight days to warn us old nick would be down a monday to take a sweep among us and there's only six clear days saturday night before the assizes sure 
so we must see and get it finished anyway to clear the presentment again the swearin day for he and paddy hart is the overseers themselves and paddy used to swear to it st dennis is it then you've one great comfort and security that he won't be particular about the swearin for since ever he had his head on his shoulders an oath never stuck in st dennis's throat more than in his own brother old nick's his head upon his shoulders repeated lord colambre pray did you ever hear that st dennis's head was off his shoulders it never was please your honour to my knowledge did you never among your saints hear of st dennis carrying his head in his hand said lord colambre the real saint said the postillion suddenly changing his tone and looking shocked oh don't be talking that way of the saints please your honour then of what st dennis were you talking just now whom do you mean by st dennis and whom do you call old nick old nick answered the postillion coming close to the side of the carriage and whispering old nick please your honour is our nickname for one nicholas garraghty esq of college green dublin and st dennis is his brother dennis who is old nick's brother in all things and would fain be a saint only he is a sinner he lives just by here in the country under agent to lord clonbrony as old nick is upper agent it's only a joke among the people that are not fond of them at all lord clonbrony himself is a very good gentleman if he was not an absentee resident in london leaving us and everything to the likes of them lord colambre listened with all possible composure and attention but the postillion having now made his linchpin of wood and fixed himself he mounted his bar and drove on saying to lord colambre as he looked at the road-makers poor creatures they couldn't keep their cattle out of pound or themselves out of jail but by making this road is road-making then a very profitable business have road-makers higher wages than other men in this part of the country it is and it is not they have and they have not please your honour i don't understand you no because you're an englishman that is a welshman i beg your honour's pardon but i'll tell you how that is and i'll go slow over these broken stones for i can't go fast it is where there's no gentleman over these under agents as here they do as they please and when they have set the land they get reasonable from the head landlords to poor creatures at a rack rent that they can't live and pay the rent they say who says them under agents that have no conscience at all not all but some like dennis says says he i'll get you a road to make up the rent that is please your honour the agent gets them a presentment for so many purchase of road from the grand jury at twice the price that would make the road and tenants are by this means as they take the road by contract at the price given by the county able to pay all they get by the job over and above potatoes and salt back again to the agent for the arrear on the land do i make your honour sensible you make me much more sensible than i ever was before said lord colambre but is not this cheating the county well and suppose replied larry is not it all for my good and yours too place your honour said larry looking very shrewdly my good said lord colambre startled what have i to do with it 
haven't you to do with the roads as well as me when you're travelling upon them plase your honour and sure they'd never be got made at all if they weren't made this ways and it's the best way in the wide world and the finest roads we have and when the rail gentlemen's resident in the country there's no jobbin can be because they're then the leadin men on the grand jury and these journeymen gentlemen are then kept in order and all's right lord colambre was much surprised at larry's knowledge of the manner in which country business is managed as well as by his shrewd good sense he did not know that this is not uncommon in his rank of life in ireland whilst larry was speaking lord colambre was looking from side to side at the desolation of the prospect so this is lord clonbrony's estate is it ay all you see and as far and farther than you can see my lord clonbrony wrote and ordered plantations here time back and enough was paid to labourers for ditchin and plantin and what next why what did the under-agent do but let the goats in through gaps left a purpose to bark the trees and then the trees was all banished and next the cattle was let in trespassin and winked at till the land was all poached and then the land was waste and cried down and st dennis wrote up to dublin to old nick and he over to the landlord how none would take it or bid anything at all for it so then it fell to him a cheap bargain oh the tricks of them who knows him if i don't presently lord colambre's attention was roused again by seeing a man running as if for his life across a bog near the roadside he leaped over the ditch and was upon the road in an instant he seemed startled at first at the sight of the carriage but looking at the postillion larry nodded and he smiled and said all's safe pray my good friend may i ask what that is you have on your shoulder said lord colambre please your honour it is only a private still which i've just caught out yonder in the bog and i'm carrying it in with all speed to the gauger to make a discovery that the gentleman may benefit by the reward i expect he'll make me a compliment get up behind and i'll give you a lift said the postillion thank you kindly but better my legs said the man and turning down a lane off he ran again as fast as possible expect he'll make me a compliment repeated lord colambre to make a discovery ay please your honour for the law is said larry that if an unlawful still that is a still without license for whisky is found half the benefit of the fine that's put upon the parish goes to him that made the discovery that's what that man is after for he's an informer i should not have thought from what i see of you said lord colambre smiling that you larry would have offered an informer a lift oh please your honour said larry smiling archly would not i give the laws a lift when in my power scarcely had he uttered these words and scarcely was the informer out of sight when across the same bog and over the ditch came another man a half kind of gentleman with a red silk handkerchief about his neck and a silver-handled whip in his hand did you say any man pass the road friend said he to the postillion oh who would i see or why would i tell replied larry in a sulky tone come come be smart said the man with the silver whip offering to put half a crown into the postillion's hand point me which way he took i'll have none of your silver don't touch me with it 
said larry but if you'll take my advice you'll strike across back and follow the fields out to kilogenesabi the exciseman set out again immediately in an opposite direction to that which the man who carried the still had taken lord colambre now perceived that the pretended informer had been running off to conceal a still of his own the gauger please your honour said larry looking back at lord colambre the gauger is a still huntin and you put him on a wrong scent said lord colambre sure i told him no lie i only said if you'll take my advice and why was he such a fool as to take my advice when i wouldn't take his fee so this is the way larry you give a lift to the laws if the laws would give a lift to me please your honour maybe i'd do as much by them but it's only these revenue laws i mean for i never to my knowledge broke another commandment but it's what no honest poor man among his neighbours would scruple to take a glass of potsheen a glass of what in the name of heaven said lord colambre potsheen please your honour because it's the little whisky that's made in the private still or pot and sheen because it's a fond word for whatsoever we'd like and for what we have little of and would make much of after taking the glass of it no man could go and inform to ruin the creatures for they all shelter on that escape under favour of them that go shares and make rent of em but i'd never inform again em and after all if the truth was known and my lord clonbrony should be informed against and presented for it's his neglect is the bottom of the nuisance i find all the blame is thrown upon this poor lord clonbrony said lord colambre because he is absent said larry it would not be so was he present but your honour was talking to me about the laws your honour's a stranger in this country and astray about them things sure why would i mind the laws about whisky more than the quality or the judge on the bench what do you mean why was not i present in the courthouse myself when the judge on the bench judging a still and across the court came in one with a sly jug of potsheen for the judge himself who preferred it when the right thing to claret and when i seen that by the laws a man might talk himself dumb to me after again potsheen or in favour of the revenue or revenue officers and there they may go on with their gaugers and their surveyors and their supervisors and their watchin officers and their coursin officers settin them one after another or one over the head of another or what way they will we can baffle and laugh at em didn't i know next door to our inn last year ten watchin officers set upon one distiller and he was too cunnin for them and it will always be so while ever the people think it no sin no till then not all their dockets and permits signify a rush or a turf and the gaugin rod even who fears it they may spare that rod for it will never mend the child how much longer larry's dissertation on the distillery laws would have continued had not his ideas been interrupted we cannot guess but he saw he was coming to a town and he gathered up the reins and plied the whip ambitious to make a figure in the eyes of its inhabitants 
this town consisted of one row of miserable huts sunk beneath the side of the road the mud walls crooked in every direction some of them opening in wide cracks or zigzag fissures from top to bottom as if there had just been an earthquake all the roofs sunk in various places thatch off or overgrown with grass no chimneys the smoke making its way through a hole in the roof or rising in clouds from the top of the open door dunghills before the doors and green standing puddles squalid children with scarcely rags to cover them gazing at the carriage nugent's town said the postilion once a snug place when my lady clonbrony was at home to whitewash it and the like as they drove by some men and women put their heads through the smoke out of the cabins pale women with long black or yellow locks men with countenances and figures bereft of hope and energy wretched wretched people said lord colambre then it's not their fault neither said larry for my own uncle's one of them and as thriving and hard a workin' man as could be in all ireland he was afore he was tramped under foot and his heart broke i was at his funeral this time last year and for it may the agent's own heart if he has any burn lord colambre interrupted this denunciation by touching larry's shoulder and asking some question which as larry did not distinctly comprehend he pulled up the reins and the various noises of the vehicle stopped suddenly i did not hear well please your honour what are those people pointing to a man and woman curious figures who had come out of a cabin the door of which the woman who came out last locked and carefully hiding the key in the thatch turned her back upon the man and they walked away in different directions the woman bending under a huge bundle on her back covered by a yellow petticoat turned over her shoulders from the top of this bundle the head of an infant appeared a little boy almost naked followed her with a kettle and two girls one of whom could but just walk held her hand and clung to her ragged petticoat forming altogether a complete group of beggars the woman stopped and looked back after the man the man was a spanish-looking figure with gray hair a wallet hung at the end of a stick over one shoulder a reaping hook in the other hand he walked off stoutly without ever casting a look behind him a kind harvest to you john dolan cried the postillion and success to ye winnie with the quality there's a look penny for the child to begin with added he throwing the child a penny your honour they're only poor creatures goin up the country to beg while the man goes over to reap the harvest in england nor this would not be neither if the lord was in it to give him employ that man now was a good and willing slave in his day i mind him workin with myself in the shrubberies at clonbrony castle when i was a boy but i'll not be detaining your honour now the road's better the postillion drove on at a good rate for some time till he came to a piece of the road freshly covered with broken stones where he was obliged again to go slowly they overtook a string of cars on which were piled up high beds tables chairs trunks boxes bandboxes how are you finnegan you fine loadin there from dublin are you from bray 
and what news great news and bad for old nick or some belonging to him thanks be to heaven for myself hates him what's happened him his sister's husband that's failed the great grocer that was the man that had the wife that owed the fine house near bray that they got that time the parliament flitted and that i seen in her carriage flamin well it's all out they're all done up tut is that all then they'll thrive and set up again grander than ever i'll engage have not they old nick for an attorney at their back a good warrant oh trust him for that he won't go security nor pay a farthin for his shister nor wouldn't was she his father i heard him tellin her so which i could not have done in his place at that time and she cryin as if her heart would break and i standin by in the parlour the nigger and did he speak that way and you by ay did he and said mrs rafferty says he it's all your own fault you're an extravagant fool and ever was and i wash my hands of you that was the word he spoke and she answered and said and mayn't i send the beds and blankets said she and what i can by the cars out of the way of the creditors to clonbrony castle and won't you let me hide there from the shame till the bustle's over you may do that says he for what i care but remember says he that i've the first claim to them goods and that's all he would grant so they are comin down all a monday them are her bandboxes and all to settle it and faith it was a pity of her to hear her sobbin and to see her own brother speak and look so hard and she a lady sure she's not a lady born no more than himself said larry but that's no excuse for him his heart's as hard as that stone said larry and my own people knew that long ago and now his own know it and what right have we to complain since he's as bad to his own flesh and blood as to us with this consolation and with a god speed you given to the carman larry was driving off but the carman called to him and pointed to a house at the corner of which on a high pole was swinging an iron sign of three horseshoes set in a crooked frame and at the window hung an empty bottle proclaiming whisky within well i don't care if i do said larry for i've no other comfort left me in life now i beg your honour's pardon sir for a minute added he throwing the reins into the carriage to lord colambre as he leaped down all remonstrance and power of lungs to reclaim him vain he darted into the whisky-house with the carman reappeared before lord colambre could accomplish getting out remounted his seat and taking the reins i thank your honour said he and i'll bring you to clonbrony before it's pitch dark yet though it's nightfall and that's four good miles but a spur in the head is worth two in the heel larry to demonstrate the truth of his favourite axiom drove off at such a furious rate over great stones left in the middle of the road by carmen who had been driving in the gudgeons of their axle-trees to hinder them from lacing that lord colambre thought life and limb in imminent danger and feeling that at all events the jolting and bumping was past endurance he had recourse to larry's shoulder and shook and pulled and called to him to go slower but in vain at last the wheel struck full against a heap of stones at a turn of the road the wooden linchpin came off and the chaise was overset lord colambre was a little bruised but glad to escape without fractured bones 
i beg your honour's pardon said larry completely sobered i'm as glad as the best pair of boots ever i see to see your honour nothing the worse for it it was the linchpin and them barrows o loose stones that ought to be fined anyway if there was any justice in the country the pole is broke how are we to get on said lord colambre murder murder and no smith nearer than clonbrony nor rope even it's a folly to talk we can't get to clonbrony nor stir a step backward or forward the night what then do you mean to leave me all night in the middle of the road cried lord colambre quite exasperated is it me please your honour i would not use any gentleman so ill barrin i could do no other replied the postillion coolly then leaping across the ditch or as he called it the gripe of the ditch he scrambled up and while he was scrambling said if your honour will lend me your hand till i pull you up the back of the ditch the horses will stand while we go i'll find you as pretty a lodgin for the night with a widow of a brother of my shister's husband that was as ever you slept in your life for old nick or st dennis has not found him out yet and your honour will be no compare snugger than the inn at clonbrony which has no roof the devil a stick but where will i get your honour's hand for it's comin on so dark i can't see rightly there you're up now safe yonder candles the house go and ask whether they can give us a night's lodging is it ask when i see the light sure they'd be proud to give the traveller all the beds in the house let alone one take care of the potato furrows that's all and follow me straight i'll go on to meet the dog who knows me and might be strange to your honour kindly welcome were the first words lord colambre heard when he approached the cottage and kindly welcome was in the sound of the voice and in the countenance of the old woman who came out shading her rush candle from the wind and holding it so as to light the path when he entered the cottage he saw a cheerful fire and a neat pretty young woman making it blaze she curtsied put her spinning-wheel out of the way set a stool by the fire for the stranger and repeating in a very low tone of voice kindly welcome retired put down some eggs dear there's plenty in the bowl said the old woman calling to her i'll do the bacon was not we lucky to be up the boy's gone to bed but waken him said she turning to the postillion and he'll help you with the shay and put your horses in the beer for the night no larry chose to go on to clonbrony with the horses that he might get the chaise mended betimes for his honour the table was set clean trenchers hot potatoes milk eggs bacon and kindly welcome to all set the salt dear and the butter love where's your head grace dear grace repeated lord colambre looking up and to apologize for his involuntary exclamation he added is grace a common name in ireland i can't say please your honour but it was give her by lady clonbrony from a niece of her own that was her foster sister god bless her and a very kind lady she was to us and to all when she was livin in it but those times are gone past said the old woman with a sigh the young woman sighed too and sitting down by the fire began to count the notches in a little bit of stick which she held in her hand and after she had counted them sighed again but don't be sighing grace now 
said the old woman size is bad sauce for the traveller's supper and we won't be troublin him with more added she turning to lord colambre with a smile is your egg done to your likin perfectly thank you then i wish it was a chicken for your sake which it should have been and roast too had we time i wish i could see you eat another egg no more thank you my good lady i never ate a better supper nor received a more hospitable welcome oh the welcome is all we have to offer may i ask what that is said lord colambre looking at the notched stick which the young woman held in her hand and on which her eyes were still fixed it's a tally please your honour oh you're a foreigner it's the way the labourers do keep the account of the day's work with the overseer the bailiff a notch for every day the bailiff makes on his stick and the labourer the like on his stick to tally and when we come to make up the account it's by the notches we go and there's been a mistake and is a dispute here between our boy and the overseer and she was countin the boy's tally that's in bed tired for in troth he's overworked would you want anything more from me mother said the girl rising and turning her head away no child get away for your heart's full she went instantly is the boy her brother said lord colambre no he's her bachelor said the old woman lowering her voice her bachelor that is her sweetheart for she is not my daughter though you heard her call me mother the boy is my son but i am afeard they must give it up for they're too poor and the times is hard and the agents harder than the times there's two of them the under and the upper and they groined the substance of one between them and then blow one away like chaff but we'll not be talking of that to spoil your honour's night's rest the room's ready and here's the rushlight she showed him into a very small but neat room what a comfortable-looking bed said lord colambre ah these red check curtains said she letting them down these have lasted well they were give me by a good friend now far away over the seas my lady clonbrony and made by the prettiest hands ever you see her nieces miss grace nugent's and she a little child that time sweet love all gone the old woman wiped a tear from her eye and lord colambre did what he could to appear indifferent she set down the candle and left the room lord colambre went to bed but he lay awake revolving sweet and bitter thoughts End of chapter 10